Give the gift of choice this season with multi-store cards at giftcards.com. With multi-store cards, treat them to dinner, movies, or shopping on one convenient card. Featuring all your favorites like Macy's, Alta, and Lululemon, it's a great gift card everyone will love. For last-minute gifting, choose the Happy Holidays or Holiday Favorites e-gift, delivered straight to their inbox. Purchase multi-store cards today at www.giftcards.com multi-store. This year, love looks a little different. We're still gathering. We're just doing it virtually. And we're still connecting. We're just doing it safely. So whether it's lighting candles over FaceTime, family dinner through Zoom, or opening gifts virtually, traditions can keep us close, even when we can't be together. Stay safe, stay connected, think big, and plan small this holiday season. Let's save lives, Columbus. You're listening to Black Girl Blueprint. Because black girls did it first. And honestly, better. Period. Period. (laughs) Hi, everyone, and welcome to Black Girl Blueprint, your fave podcast for all the Gen Z black girl tea. My name's Lauren. And my name is McKean, and thanks, y'all, for tuning in today's episode. So we have a really dope conversation. (laughs) I'm actually so excited for this because we are getting into all the tea about the beauty industry and societal beauty standards and, like, what it's like to be a beauty guru and a college student and, like, all of the hats that you wear. So we would like to welcome our special guest, Lauren Brown, a.k.a. Raggedy Royal, with us today for a really dope conversation. And... It's about to be like elementary school because we got two Laurens. We have Lauren R and Lauren B. So <laughs> I'm <laughs> that. Say that, get used to it. So thanks for being with us today. Lauren, mm-hmm. how are you? Oh, thank you for inviting me. I'm good. How are you guys? We're good. We're so happy to have you. We're such huge stands, honestly. Like we were just watching your was it the crush on you video right before mm-hmm. this? And we've been like, oh my gosh, she is so cool. We yeah. love her. But yeah. We're like, we hope she don't show up with her face beat because we look crazy. We did say that. <laughs> we were like, we just got to I did class. it today. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we're so so happy to have you. Do you want to introduce yourself? Let the people know a little bit more about you. Go ahead. Okay. Hi, um, I'm Lauren Brown. I'm a 19-year-old marketing student at Howard and beauty influencer and content creator. Ooh, she has a whole spiel. I love that. For real. I, I, I need one of them. <laughs> well, thank you for that, Lauren. We're so happy to have you. And mm-hmm. before we get into it, we're just going to move to our little read the room segment. Mm-hmm. McKean, what are we talking about today? How about you set the stage? Yeah, so for today's Read the Room, for anyone who doesn't know, we open each episode with this. We chat about any tea that's happening in our personal lives, in the world, any tea that listeners send in. So today we're actually going to be reading ourselves and particularly <laughs> our middle school selves and talking about all of the like cringy things that still haunt us to this day. Like, I don't know about y'all, but whenever I see like those emoji leggings I give flashbacks like war flashbacks <laughs> I cannot believe I ever put them on so to kick it off we're first before we get to the style cringe we're going to talk about our childhood crushes and Lauren and I were yeah. talking earlier this week about like how we both had one direction phases which we I don't know if we had did. one but a mess a, a mess, mess. <laughs> Harry Styles we love that also something let's expose McKean I, I love exposing McKean but 
I don't know about you, Lori, but I had a huge like mindless behavior phase. I had a big, what was even Diggy, Jacob Lattimore, all of them. McKean has never heard a mindless behavior song before. She knows absolutely nothing about, look at her face. Exactly. Exposed. Can name a single song, didn't know anything. So Lauren, who were your, your crushes, your middle school? I don't know, who are you fangirling over back in the day? You know, I never went through the middle school stand phase, which, mm-hmm. yeah, I know I skipped that. I didn't even That's have powerful. I was That's- not a directioner. I was never a mindless behavior girl. <gasps> oh my um, gosh. Yeah, I did like one person. I can't remember. I think it was Master P's younger son. I can't remember his name. I know I his face. Him first. Yeah, I, I liked him for a second. But I just never really had the stand phase. I just, I couldn't get into it. Wow. Yeah. I didn't do Twilight either. You know what everybody was doing? The whole Twilight, Edward. I, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Twilight was never for me. That's powerful. That explains a lot. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Damn. For, okay. Well, for me, my One Direction phase, One Direction obviously was my main. Zane and Harry were my top two. And the other ones, like, you know, I, I stand them because, like, I had to. But, like, low-key, when Zane left, I was like, okay, this is perfect because now I don't have to pick my two favorites. Like, I can like both of y'all separately. Um, mm-hmm. I also was obsessed with, like, you know, all the Disney boys, Zac Efron, <laughs> even Corbin Blue was up there for me. So that was interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. How about you have anyone, Lauren, beyond Mindless Behavior and One D? Those were my main ones, honestly. Um, Corbin Blue. I had a Justin Bieber phase. Not not proud of it, but I, <laughs> I did have a... You were a believer? A believer is a stretch. I feel like that is a very, <laughs> a, a, a big thing. But I thought he was cute. I also thought he was cute, like, during his, like, one less lonely girl face. I was like, oh my gosh, he's singing to me like Debbie I Ryan. It's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Before it. But yeah, those were, those were my main, main boys, I think. Another thing we can like definitely roast ourselves for in middle school, like we've mentioned in the beginning, is the trends, the style trends, the way that my mm-hmm. eyebrows were like non-existent for a whole three years. But I don't know, those high-low, that high-low phase in time. Do you guys remember that? Uh, <laughs> a mess. What, what is, like, one trend, Lauren, Lauren B, <laughs> that you, like, think about and you're like, damn, I cannot believe I did that? Well, okay, it wasn't a trend, but it was something that I did. So from middle school up until, like, my freshman year of high school, I wore bows every day to school. So, like, big bows every uh-uh. single day. Both, like I'll have a bow in the car just in case I forgot a bow. Like that was just my thing. And I mean, it was cute for the time. I don't I don't ever regret my style choices. But I'm like, dang, I really yeah, did yeah. that. Like cheer bows, small <laughs> bows, little bows, huge I bows, fabric, every day, every color, every print, cheetah print, all of that. <laughs> oh my god. I'm here for it. Look, that's like that, isn't that the scrunchy thing, like a TikTok thing now? Yeah, I used to draw bows over my name, like when I wrote my name, like since I have the ends, I put like bows on the on the ends. Branding, that was branding. <laughs> branding, <laughs> real, a marketing, <laughs> marketing genius. I love that. For me, it was the same thing with the thin eyebrows. I went through a phase where I was wearing like too much eyeliner, and it it wasn't it wasn't a look at all. Yeah, it was, it was the and sheer the top. Yeah, the funny Ooh. thing with eyeliners, I wasn't even allowed to wear eyeliner. And I would wear it and act like my parents couldn't tell I had it on. And my mom would be like, why you got eyeliner on? I was like, what you mean? Like, these are just my eyes. <laughs> Meanwhile, the whole like, bottom of my eyes are like pitch black. <laughs> I'm okay. dead. But yeah, mm-hmm. the heat damage, the 
the bows, like, I had an obsession for a minute with like peace signs and I would write peace signs on everything. I would draw them like in art class. I would try to paint them on everything. Like that was also a weird middle school. Like one of those things where you're just like looking back, you're like, what was it that I like so much about that? I don't mm-hmm. understand. <laughs> but anyways, speaking of past makeup trends and you know, maybe not makeup regrets, but makeup horror stories. We wanted to know a little bit about, like, getting into our main conversation here. We wanted to know a little bit about, like, how did you get into makeup? Were you, like, allowed to use it early on? And what were, like, some of the first products you remember using? Yeah, so, like, my mom got me my first makeup kit when I was three years old. So it's, like, always been a thing. I never had that phase where it's like, my mom said I can't wear makeup. I'd be like, what? Mm. Why'd you say that? But, mm-hmm. yeah, so I've always had makeup. But I really didn't start getting into it, like, seriously till like, junior year, sophomore year of high school. But, of course, you know, before then, I dabbled. Huh, some mm. things I remember. <laughs> I, I definitely remember playing. Like, I had a very, very bright blue eyeshadow look when I went to a family reunion once. We have pictures of me and my grandma <laughs> in it. And it was just, like, super blown out. And it just, uh, those were the days. Mm, I definitely remember doing the baby lips phase from Maybelline so when all the people were doing their Target yes. haul on YouTube they're like mm-hmm. look at all the stuff I just bought they will always buy baby lips lip balm and I had yes. all the flavors and I hate lip balm I've always hated lip balm but I was like <laughs> I have to get all the flavors so that you know I can be one of the cool girls and be on mm-hmm. trend with the makeup stuff so it's it's been a wild ride <laughs> like a lifetime <laughs> ride yeah that's I cute can. did you have any people you like looked up to in the beauty industry like whether that was on YouTube or blogging, even like in your family, did you grow up around like a lot of women who wore makeup? Ironically, no. So like nobody really does makeup in my family. I have a cousin mm-hmm. now who is a beauty influencer. So she just got into makeup. But like my mom, she's chapstick and mascara Twitter. Like she does not. Do <laughs> she's just really into uh, the more stereotypically girly things. And it just worked for me because, hey, I like makeup. She's like, well, I'm right. first makeup in your three, blah, blah. But oh, really, okay. in my life, no. But I've, I've always looked up to, like, Alyssa Ashley and Jackie Ina. Those are, like, people that I remember. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of the older influencers have phased out and they've left. Um, <laughs> but definitely Michelle Fawn, that phase, mm. I was there. Back then, way back. <laughs> way, way back, showing my <laughs> <laughs> So I love that, like, it really comes full circle. I'm sure you... I've watched Jackie Ina too, not knowing nothing about makeup and like not really having any interest in like beating my face, but still wanting to know. And I was like, let me go buy like the the BB creams and then this, that, and the third. But like now that you sort of have come full circle and are an influencer, I'm sure that's like a, quite the feeling, which we'll get into. But first, we really wanted to know where did the name Raggedy Royal come from? How did you come up with this? Give us like, a tea. What was the inspo behind it? <laughs> When did you know that, like, this is my brand? <laughs> okay, so um, Eleanor at Snitchery now, she was Trashy Princess, right? That was her at name. And I always liked how ironic it was, but I was like, I want something with alliteration because, I don't know, I just like alliteration. And I also wanted something that was easy to spell and say. Like, I didn't want any underscores. I didn't want any numbers. I didn't want any periods, none of that. So I wanted to be able to say it out loud. Somebody be like, okay, I got it. So the last two criteria, they don't work because people cannot spell Raggedy Royal and they cannot say it. They cannot pronounce it. They always say Ragged Royal, Ragdoll. They just say anything. But that was my thought process. I was like, okay, Raggedy Royal, alliteration, easy to spell, allegedly, easy to say. (laughs) And it's ironic. So that's why I came up with it. 
We love I it. I can't use Lauren Brown because everybody took that. So I was kind of out of luck. <laughs> Literally, the story of my life being named Lauren Richie, it's like whenever I Google myself, well, not that I Google myself, you're going to include me, got expose myself. But whenever you type my name in, it's basically just a lot of like British white women. Yes. It's, that's it. Just White Lauren. Women, all like all the Lauren Brown handles. And at one point I wanted to buy Lauren Brown handle. Mm. And it's just like now I'm like, well, now I'm regular real. Like it's we're too far gone. But I really <laughs> wanted for a second. Now <laughs> but you are like really, really young, which we think is something that's so so cool about this. Like you just turned 19. Happy belated birthday. Thank you, thank you, you. Elated. Elated. Leo Queen. Leo Queen. Hey. Leo Queen. <laughs> Love that for you. I'm a cancer, so I mean kind of close. I have a lot of cancer in my chart. Okay. okay. I love that. Yeah. I'm a Leo. Um, what's it called? Rising. I'm a Cancer Rising. Here we are. Period. It's the it's the same name too. Yeah, we're right here with okay. it. I feel it. But what we wanted to know is like you've had such like a successful like career at such a young age. So what do you think has been your greatest accomplishment that you've had such like thus far? Ooh, greatest accomplishment. Hmm. It could be anything from like a makeup look that made you like step outside your comfort zone, like a milestone in terms of followers, whatever feels like, you know, that moment when you were like, damn, I'm really, I'm really doing the damn thing. Out here. <laughs> I think when I launched my collaboration with Lash Scoop, yeah. like when it sold out immediately, I was like, wow, that was kind of cool. That was a rush. We should do this again sometime. Yeah, that's, that's definitely it. That's amazing. I've honestly that lash. I've never bought no lashes in my life. I'm not like I'm a. I guess I'm part of mascara and chapstick Twitter, but like not only because I'm lazy. I would love <laughs> to be my face one day, but low key, like you are so like uh, you are literally a trendsetter, and I don't. I'm sure mm-hmm. you know this, so we don't got to tell you. But it's like it blows me away that <laughs> their their world of makeup artists is so saturated and still like you are able to push the boundaries and like to make a new look that the world is like, Ooh, like I'm going to go recreate that, which is always makes me like so excited. Like whenever I see a butterfly, I look, I'm like, there she goes. So I'm very (laughs) excited for you. But, um, I guess for, for people like me who want to know, like, what is something that you swear by? Like, what is one step in your makeup routine that you like will not skip or like one staple product that you can't live without if you had no others? Ooh. Okay, if I could not live, if I couldn't have anything else, staple product, clear eyebrow gel. And I'll tell you why. Here's the thing about staple products. If I say I want a foundation as my staple product, then I'll just be wearing foundation. Like I can't put anything on top of it. Now I'm just sitting there mm-hmm. with foundation on my face. That's like all the other things. But clear brow gel, you don't need anything else to have clear brow gel on. And it makes your eyebrows look stay in place, makes them look nice. It makes you look clean. So that's why mm-hmm. I want to do clear brow gel. Mm, I feel yeah, that. I feel like it's my eyebrows for me, right? My eyebrows are definitely like my most important thing in my face because I notice that like if my face. eyebrows are done, I look a hot mess. So like if I just step out, if I can only do one thing, it's the brows. It's the brows for me, definitely. But I think it's so cool that you, you know, one of my favorite things about you as like a beauty influencer or as you know a, a makeup artist, beauty guru, whatever you want to call it, is that you're not afraid to step out of the box and like you know, play with colors or, you know, create these looks. And I love that creativity so much from you because I feel like, you you. know, the beauty industry can be really like saturated, but I love the fact that 
you know, you're bringing something new to the table, which we don't see all the time. So that was me hyping you up. That was the prelude to the question, but yeah. But what I want to know is where does this inspiration come from? So when you're doing these, you know, really, really cool looks, where, what's fueling this? So most of the times when I have like my best looks, the inspiration was me messing up. So I'll try to do a look and then I'll get like, if I showed the looks that I was trying to do and then the look that actually came out as, you'd be like, well, where it went wrong. Where did it go wrong? That's how like my best looks come up, come about. Because what happens is I'll start a look and I'll be like, okay, I just want to do, say I want to do a purple cut crease. And then the next thing you know, I'm doing it. I'm like, well, what if we added a little coral? And then what if we blue in the wing? And that's how it happens. And I try to draw the wing. The wing's messed up. I'm like, okay, but what if we made it like a, a zebra print? And that's that's really where it, where it comes from. Every single time, so people say like, where do you find your inspiration? I'm just like, mistakes, like general <laughs> mistakes as I go along. That's dope. I would, I wish that when I messed up my wings, it would become some like game changing <laughs> makeup mistake. But that's amazing, and sort of like keeping in the the vein of, you know so many of your looks being so creative and like boundary pushing and like also almost always sort of leading to like a wave of just hundreds of other makeup artists, like recreating them, attempting them. Do you ever feel like any pressure to consistently have to like reinvent a something or like to come up with something new or how do you feel inspired? Like when, if, and when a creativity block hits. Definitely. I think when it comes to creativity block, one of my favorite things to do is series. So say, for example, I don't know what I want to do. I'll just take an old look and just do it every single color until I figure out something else to do. Because then it's like, oh, they look all, they look different. That's why when people start out wearing makeup, I always tell them, no more thing to do is just master one technique and do it over mm-hmm. and over again other ways because it'll look different. So that's definitely like one of my main things when it comes to creative block. But like makeup is kind of like my my love, my hobby. So I really don't run into a lot of those because I don't look at it as like work. I don't look at like, oh, we have to go do a look. If I don't have a look idea, I'm not going to go sit down and do a look. Like I don't have to do that. I, I'm, that's not what I'm going to do today. Right. So I don't really run into a lot of those when I do. Just switch up the colorways or always get inspired by other artists. Period. Good stuff. I feel inspired. I feel <laughs> like I'm ready to leave mascara and lip balm. Twitter. Love that. <laughs> But yeah, maybe not yet, but I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my best. (laughs) But I think shifting gears a little bit, something that, again, we mentioned how young you are, but you're also doing this while you're in college. Impressive. So I want you to tell us more about Howard. I would love to hear all about, you said you're studying marketing, what you want to do, why you choose Howard. Just, you know, give give us the full rundown, basically. Stay in your school. (laughs) So... Oddly enough, I did not want to apply to Howard at all. Um, I didn't want to go to an HBCU. So let's just start there. It's not that I didn't want to go to HBCU, but I was never one of those kids that was like, I want to go to an HBCU. This is the type of school I want to go to. Because everybody around me who wanted to go to HBCU, they wanted to go because they didn't feel in touch with their black side or they didn't know of black history. That's why they wanted to go to HBCUs. I'm from Mm. D.C., I went to a majority black, like I, I've been around a lot of black people, so I didn't feel that. So I was like, okay, well, maybe right. I don't I don't need that as much as everybody else needs it. So I was like, okay, moving on. <laughs> I'm not going to apply to Howard, but a lot of my family <laughs> are Howard. And so like my mom has a degree from Howard. So she was like, just humor me, apply and just humor me. So I'm like, okay, you're paying for it anyway. So whatever, I'll apply. <laughs> and so I applied to Howard and then I my dream school was Cornell. So Cornell was like, we can't accept this many people in the hotel school. We have to defer you for a year. 
for like our program. Mm-hmm. That was the hospitality. Hospitality is like my main thing, which nobody really knows because now the makeup thing is kind of like <laughs> been a thing. But they have a hotel school. So I was like, okay, I want to go to the hotel school. And they were like, we'll defer you for a year. You have to go somewhere else. So I'm like, well, where am I about to go for a year? Hours right. in DC. I live in DC. Mom was like, we'll just go to the accepted students day and just like, just go see. <laughs> and now I'm in my third year at Howard. Um, <laughs> and so I'm a marketing major. Howard has been, how, let me see. Howard has been like the best of times and worst of times. <laughs> so, you know, I... I'm not really been to school naturally. Like I'm just not like I've always excelled at school, but I'm not like a oh yay school. But I've I definitely know. learned <laughs> this semester like how to fall in like fall not fall in love, but fall in like with school and figuring things out. Howard, I've definitely been involved a lot on campus, so I've met a lot of like my best friends and joined different organizations, like and found different passions and different things that I hate. That's that's also part <laughs> of it. Um, so yeah, Howard has been a learning experience for these last three years. I only have three semesters left after this one. So wow. Up for here, hopefully. You. <laughs> Period. That's first of all, congratulations Thank on you. being in your third year on, on all of the things that you do. I like, did I'm not think I would be here. <laughs> Girl, listen, and, and especially in COVID, like we know it's hard. Zoom University. I don't know if it's Howard in person or. No, we are, we are all online. Yeah. Right. Okay. So Zoom University, we also can relate. It sucks. It's <laughs> literally the worst, but you, I'm glad that you found a way to be in like with it. That's beautiful. Um, you kind of touched a little bit on our next question that we had planned, but what were some of your like favorite and least favorite things about college in general, but maybe Howard specific mm-hmm. ones? Mm. Favorite things. So when I was younger, I never did sleepovers. Like that was just not a thing that our parents let us do. But it's kind of like a sleepover every day in college (laughs) because like all my friends are in the same building as me. So definitely I'm a night owl. Like I'll stay up till 6 a.m. I don't, that's just me. So just Mm. be able to have like friends, not on call, but like always having friends around. That's definitely one of my things. Uh, Some of the things I've been like involved with on campus also plays into that. So like, the pageants, like Howard does pageants, pageants, Bible study, you know, being undergraduate student assembly, like working with events. Those have been mm-hmm. things like those memories have been something that have been my favorite. I think my least favorite thing is usually like administrative things, like not being told that we're going to be online till last minute or not being mm-hmm. told this, not being told that. Those are like my least favorite thing about college and I think like that's not only a higher problem but it's also college because capitalism you know how that plays into things so yes. that's this is the structure for me that I don't like mm-hmm. but other than that like socially mm-hmm. I enjoy college you know <laughs> I'm ready to get out of college though I'm, I'm tired of college I didn't I'm done but it's cute, it's cute. <laughs> that was me freshman year I feel like the first couple weeks before class started just felt like a really cool summer camp and I was, I was with the vibes, you know, like socially, like you said, it's like a sleepover all the time. Your friends are so close by. And then like classes actually started and I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> I'm not a fan of this anymore. I want to go home. <laughs> but I feel like we can relate to a lot of things you said. And in addition, you mentioned before that you don't really see, you know, being a beauty guru, beauty influencer as a job or as work. But in terms of you know, balancing school and balancing this, does it ever get stressful or does it take up a lot of your free time? Basically, what does that balance look like for you trying to do those two things? The scale is doing the cha-cha slide, okay? So the scale, <laughs> is, there is no balance. Um, 
because it's a lot more than people like mm-hmm. think like it seems like okay you do the makeup you post the pictures but it's so much more and I think that the so much more is what makes it feel like work like doing the makeup itself I was gonna do that anyway okay mm-hmm. but then you have to make the captions so I have to figure out every single pro- and makeup names are so long I have to go find out what name what shade because if I don't then everybody's gonna harass me in the comments and be like well why didn't you put it so I might as well just mm-hmm. be right gotta research your hashtags you gotta po- figure out what time your posting time is you gotta answer all your dms you gotta answer yep. all your emails you gotta answer all your mentions on instagram and twitter you gotta men- answer all your story mentions film the tiktok post the tiktok write the caption for the tiktok like there's so many different things that the administrative part is like the hard part so that's the part that's kind of mm-hmm. hard to balance but this year luckily like my Monday, Wednesday, Friday are freer. So I've been learning how to like do the looks on Monday, edit on Wednesday, and then like Friday, do anything that, you know, you have to do. But it, it takes a lot of time to figure out a schedule because the algorithm is going to change. So as soon as you figure out what you like and what works, like, for example, TikTok came about. TikTok wasn't a thing like last year for me. Right. Yeah. So you got to learn it and like quickly be like, oh, I've been doing this forever. Right. Exactly. And I have a whole other platform that I have to, you know, communicate with people on. I didn't start doing YouTube till January. So it's like that throws in. There's a lot of different things changing and like, right. you know, what time you post. It's a lot of different changes. So there really is no balance. But you just mm-hmm. try to like keep your head above water as much as possible. Yes. And then post your art. <laughs> so one follow up question is like. I know you posted, I think like maybe a couple of weeks ago about the algorithm. And I'm just curious, like, cause I can relate, like whenever I post and I'm like, this is the best thread I've ever made. Or like, this is the best like content I'm putting out. Like I've really worked on this for hours. And then I go back an hour in and look and it's like 100 likes. And it's like, what, <laughs> what just happened? So I'm curious, like, what is happening? Like, do you think that, and we're going to get into it a little bit later, but like, what is your experience with like, sort of learning the sort of like actual technical skills of like posting on each individual's platform standards been like, has it been tough? Um, yeah, I say we tough. And it's also way tougher for black artists. Like that's a whole thing. So it's been tough to learn the technology, but it's tougher to keep up with like yourself. If that makes sense. So keeping up with yourself, like I know for a fact, when I post the most basic looks, it always gets the most love. At first, they used to infuriate me. I used to be like, I worked so hard on this colorful cut, like all of this. But sometimes people like the simpler look. So learning what you like, that's always most important to me. So if I don't have, if I don't like the look, it's not getting posted. So I don't care Mm. if I don't like it. But also learning like the technology of how can I promote the look that I love the most to get the most love. Like you want to give it the best rollout possible so that it can get Mm. the love that it needs. And then also, what do the people like? People say, don't care about people like, but like, no, you gotta know. (laughs) (laughs) your audience, you know, caring at least a little bit about what sort of things they like. So I've just recently like changed over from posting a video and a picture to a carousel, which is like the slideshow on Instagram. I thought that was Mm. a terrible idea. From a marketing standpoint, I was like, this would be so stupid. But I asked the ragdolls and they were like, no, carousels. And they've been supporting it ever since. So you just learn like, you okay, adjust. I'm not yeah. always right. Yeah, let me adjust. Mm. How much does the marketing stuff that you're learning and how are in school play into how you, I guess, approach branding for Ragby? Mm. I, I just abbreviated it to Ragby. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I do that all the time. It's fine. Um, I'd say it has like an advert, like a an opposite. 
well, maybe because I'm just a junior. So I haven't really got into like major, major stuff. But mm-hmm. I feel like I think more about Raggedy Royal in school than thinking about what I learned in school for Raggedy Royal. And mostly because right, like social media is a new thing. Like marketing majors in the past have not been looking at social media influencing as they are now. Right. Mm-hmm. It didn't exist. So a lot of things like negotiating with brands and all these different things, nobody's talking about that at school because that's not in the curriculum from 1970s, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> so definitely having to like switch back and forth between, okay, marketing in a hospitality sense or a hotel or a corporate sense. And then also how to get the most attention and, and money from brands when you're promoting their advertisements on this hand. So, yeah. I wish they merged more, but it is. is. I totally feel that like it's tough when, cause I'm also kind of interested in studying like media and pop culture from kind of a sociology standpoint, but also like a communication standpoint. And it's like when you finally are taught about socio, which is like maybe once in a blue moon, it's like, it's like, no, this is not even how people use the internet. Like this is not like if I went and posted this, it's going to flop. And you know what I mean? It's like all the techniques that are like professional and like all of these like hour long web webinars or whatever they call them. It's just like, it doesn't for a second, I fell into like, maybe I should be like lifting those up or like, maybe I should be like learning from those. And I'm just like, when I do, I'm like, no, we know how we use the internet. And it's like, I think it's probably a beautiful thing. I'm presuming for you also that like a lot of your followers look like you and like use the internet in the same way that you do. So it's interesting when we can like inform our content versus like, like you said, those times where we do have to adjust and like make the tweaks from like, okay, maybe what I thought was not <laughs> actually going to perform best, but that's, that's amazing that you've been able to figure it out. I hope Howard gets, gets with the programming incorporates some social media. Get behind it. <laughs> but um, everybody across the country, like everybody needs to just include social media marketing in their marketing real. courses because it's not like it's not just Howard, but that's why a lot of people are making their own mm-hmm. online so they can right. teach courses because the colleges are doing it. So it's a it battle is. of money, you know. I, I'm not, I'm not in it at all. It's fun to watch. <laughs> I guess on another note, um, it's like you, like we mentioned a couple times throughout this episode, you created two major like major beauty trends with the butterfly eye look and the colored lash trend and what I'm most kind of curious about is like for me in the past I've experienced like I'll post a thread and then like a verified or like established media platform will like go repost it in their own well not repost but like post their own (laughs) and Mm -hmm. it's just right right so I'm kind of curious like have you ever dealt with any major like influencers or brands sort of picking up your ideas or like taking it and what was that like yes and that is another thing that really affects the black artist mm-hmm. community the most and it's like of course it sounds like that but you, when you watch it like blatantly a lot of my like black coat we're not co-workers <laughs> but you know our my mutuals it all happens to us. So like I've had a brand who has sent me stuff, has my address, post somebody doing the exact replica of the eyeshadow, like the the um color lash look. The exact Bruh. same steps. I'm like I know y'all follow you me. You could have just repost <laughs> You know who I am. Like that sort of thing happens all the time. And then people will do the butterfly. And honestly, I don't get in people's face about crediting anymore. Because you don't got to. I just we already don't. know. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I just don't do it anymore. I don't. I hate going back and forth. Like I'm not about to argue with you. But the worst thing is when people act like obtuse. 
And they're like, no, I made this myself. It's an exact replica. You follow me and you <laughs> like the picture. And you comment it. Explain it. They're like, I've never seen it before. <laughs> like, yes, they you have. Like. <laughs> That's what I like. Yeah, they go on like it. Like, I saw you. Like, I know you saw it. It is really nothing to, like, credit people. That's a really big thing in the beauty industry. The whole crediting conversation. Well, I don't have to credit. Why do you have to credit? Where do you put in the caption? Rah, rah, rah. So I think that it's unfortunate, but like if I spend all my time, you know, focusing on people who are like recreating my looks, I probably have a stroke because it's just it happens so much. And but it really bothers me when brands do it because it's like you should know better. You had the opportunity. You had the opportunity to boost mm-hmm. somebody in such a big way to your audience or even pay them, and you just decided mm-hmm. no, <laughs> I don't know her anymore. Like okay, well I'm not gonna know you anymore. I guess. I guess we're breaking up. <laughs> On the topic of that a little bit too, something that I've noticed recently is, I guess in the recent months with like, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, there has been kind of, I guess a movement per se, I don't know what else to call it, to like amplify Black creators. So there've been a lot of brands who will like reach out to, you know, like Black creators and try to like, (laughs) you know, do a brand and be like, we're diversifying ourselves or whatever. And like, I guess I kind of wanted to get your opinion on that because I've experienced it like for me personally within like the environmental sphere where like these brands will reach out we be like we want you to represent this but like you would have never reached out to me before and now you're doing it kind of because you feel like you have to so how do you strike that balance between like oh yeah I'm really you know happy to like you know be getting these opportunities but also like this isn't genuine because you're kind of trying to tokenize me right now so have you experienced that at all or like what has that these past few months really been like as a creator during this time uh, it's been so interesting. It's been peculiar. <laughs> I use that word. It's been very peculiar. Because brands are, I think one thing that's kind of hard for a creator is when you are emailing these brands all the time, you're always interacting with them. You think that you have a relationship. And I feel like these last couple of months have showed everybody we do not have a relationship. You are still a million dollar business. And you, at the end of the day, don't care about me or people who mm-hmm. look like me. So I think it's been very interesting when brands do the like tag your favorite black makeup artist. And it's like, you should already have black makeup artists on your roster. Somebody gets paid to do this. You are, you have a social media manager, which means that you should be looking through tags. You should, right. there shouldn't be a search. You shouldn't be searching. And your for audience black. shouldn't have to tell you. They exist. <laughs> yeah. You just look like open your eyes and look and then using uh, people like, okay, for example, I don't want to be the darkest person in, on any page. I don't want to be the darkest person on any brand trip. I don't like, I, I don't count. Like I count, but I don't really count when it comes to the skin tone mm-hmm. representation. Cause at the end of the day, I still have uh, foundations that say like bare beige or dark beige. So that doesn't exist for me. Like I don't, I also don't like that. When brands are trying to say, we'll do the, the least mm-hmm. amount of work. So we're not going to expand our foundation line, but we're going to get Lauren, who's a black girl to show it off. So she will have the black, I don't, I don't, I don't count, you know, I don't, I don't count. I don't think that, well, in terms of, in terms of skin tone, like, I don't think that I'm a good representation. I think that's very lazy. So it's been very weird. And then they're like, we love black artists. They posted us for like a week. That was cute. Um, Never again, (laughs) never again. That was one week in June that was like, yay, everybody's (laughs) getting followers. Everybody's, you know, getting reposted. And then everybody just unfollowed and just stopped posting. So. It's been weird. It's been very strange it's over here. Peculiar, peculiar society yeah. world we're living mm-hmm. in. I guess sort of like mm-hmm. in that same vein as someone who is both like one who pushes the makeup culture and also like consumes it in that 
you still have to buy the products or like hopefully hopefully you get sent them i hope you get sent them but at least <laughs> but like as someone who still is like look using the products that exist in the world and like sort of pointing your followers to different brands and like you know if you post a lip liner like girls are gonna buy that so i'm kind of curious like with that like with the critique in mind of like the brand response to the black lives matter movement and like the sort of temporary support of black artists and beyond like what critiques do you have of the the beauty industry and like what improvements would you want to see from them this is a this is a double-edged sword because wait first let me talk about like the first thing you said so it's kind of hard as a black creator because when it comes to these brands it's like yes you want to boycott them because you're not supporting our people however people still have to eat and that was the kind of the whole thing with tiktok when everybody was like well we're all getting off tiktok But TikTok has been like one of the best platforms for black artists. So it's like, wow, it's kind of hard and unfair that we have a moral, you know, we have a moral thing where we want to boycott. But also the white people are the white influencers are still going to get their money. They're still going to be they're still going to get theirs. So it's a little hard. But I think that navigating it as like a moral conscious, I try not to I don't support brands. I don't like I don't show off brands. I don't support. So like. I don't talk about mm-hmm. them. I don't like, I don't even like mm-hmm. to bash them because that's free publicity, that sort of thing. So and yes, people don't understand that. That is definitely free publicity. Like just don't even speak on something you don't like. So I think that it's, it's kind of hard because like say the brand is my favorite lip liner and I can't find a lip liner like it, but I just can't wear it. Cause I know if I wear it and somebody's going to ask what it is, I know if somebody asks what it is then a lot of people are going to see it and buy it. So it's to a point where you have to be very, very mindful of where you're sending people to spend their money because they will spend their money. Like you have a, a platform to influence. So, I mean, if you have, like, if you, you really mean this, you're not performative, then right. it's easy. Like, I'm, of course I'm not going to do it, but if you're performative, then it might be a little bit harder to try to keep that mm-hmm. active. The inside scoop into all of the, this is a tea that we <laughs> came here for today. This is what we wanted to get to know. Thank you for educating us. But I think something with thinking about the beauty industry and the critiques, because there are a lot of critiques, is also thinking about how, you know, the role that the beauty industry does play in societal beauty standards. And like you were, you know, talking about as well, the colorism is alive and well, and the diversity that these brands do is, you know, like the bare minimum or the like lazy type of approach to diversity. But, you know, recognizing I guess your identity as a black woman in this space in makeup and beauty, have you, what has your experience been like in terms of, you know, societal beauty standards and how you play into that? Like, has that ever, I don't know, affected your confidence? And we were talking a little bit earlier about, you know, middle school and like those trends that we did. But I know for me personally, like I was very, very insecure about the way I looked in middle school. And I think a lot of, you know, young black girls experience that. So how has that been for you? Um, it hasn't quite knocked my mm-hmm. confidence per se, but it has in a very weird way, made, well, not a weird way, in a good way, made me more, um, what's the word? When you're mm-hmm. more aware of like what societal beauty standards are and it's not necessarily on my page, but seeing like my mutuals, because the thing about the beauty community is it's mm-hmm. very close, like, because we all see each other. We all work for the same brands. We all tweet at the same time. Like we have group chats on the side. We FaceTime, all those sorts of things. So it, it shows me how I benefit in some ways. Like it makes me, un- makes me more aware, which was very unexpected for me. Cause I'm just thinking, I'm just going to do makeup. 
but everything becomes uh, political and right. systematic. So just seeing like, how I benefit in some ways that other people don't. Like I would benefit, say for example, there's a big stigma around um, acne prone mm. skin. So I, I don't have acne, but just seeing like those sorts of things makes you more aware of like how to treat different people and how and how to boost those people in different spaces because i would have never thought that that would have been like a huge problem but then when you see on brands pages they're not posing people with acne prone skin so now it's like i'm thinking about myself and like how i as somebody who doesn't fit in some categories and does fit in others needs to move in a way to make space for everybody else if that makes sense so like okay i see that you have black women on your page (laughs) yay but you don't have any black plus Mm. side women so now i'm confused and figure out like maybe I shouldn't take this deal because maybe a black plus size woman needs to be in my space because I have seen enough mm. of me. So it hasn't knocked my confidence, but it has made me more aware of like w- what my confidence is rooted in and like Ooh. where to to move. That makes yeah. sense. I think actually sorry, this is on a totally different vein, but this question also just came to mind for me. Like as I one, it's a beautiful thing that you are you have used it to be aware and like to be thoughtful and intentional about like who you and how you work and move throughout the makeup world. I think that's something that if everybody did, we'd be in a way better place. And if everybody was able to advocate for folks who look like them and maybe don't look like them, that would be really dope. I'm also kind of like moving, switching gears just a little bit is like how sort of back to the concept of like you being both a college student, not even 20 years old and like, having hundreds of thousands of followers, how has the response been from like folks in real life? Like, have you, are you recognized when you be rocking across Howard or like, do people approach you different or like move differently around you in the world? Like what was, what is that like? If, if at all, if that shows up in any ways. I mean, I'm sure they do. And I just don't <laughs> notice it. Like I get, I get I get treated differently. Um, I try not to like absorb people's like attitudes and when they treat me, I don't really like get into that. Because a lot of my friends I had mm. before, like I had followers, that one was never like a, a thing. And I try not to ever like bring it up in conversation when I first meeting somebody. Because one, that's weird. Like that is right. so weird. Like, <laughs> by the way, I'm ready. <laughs> or like, girl, anyway. So I really, it doesn't really like bleed into like how I interact with others, how they interact with me. Because usually it's never a focal point. It's never like I'm friends with Raggy Royal. No, you're friends with Lauren Brown. I just happen to do Raggy Royal on, that's, that's like one of my jobs. That's right. one of the things I do. But it's not. Yeah, not a thing. Um, people in real life, I mean, at first, like, my extended family was a little like, hmm, okay, like, okay, this girl, you, you, okay, you're doing a lot, all right. But I have, like, really supportive parents and really mm. supportive family, and my mom, like, she doesn't play that. Like, she doesn't play that at all. Neither does my dad. Like, they're not going to come step to me and be like, your makeup is real. <laughs> that's, they're not even going to get a chance to even get to me. So I think that that's also, like, a privilege in itself, like, to have right. parents who are, very supportive, like buying me my ring lights and, and you That's know, dope. trying to make sure that people don't. My mom sees hate comments. She's like, oh, what is, <laughs> what is this? I'm like, I don't care. Like my friends too, they get so mad about hate comments. I'm like, y'all, it doesn't mm. matter. But in person, like, I guess at Howard, I do get like recognized. <laughs> I remember freshman year, but I was like, girl, nobody knew my actual name. They just knew I didn't make it. And they said, oh, over there. Look the girl to be put makeup on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, you're the, you're the girl, makeup girl. I'm like, yes, yes, I am. <laughs> that is me. But yeah, only Howard and like the mall for now. For we'll now. <laughs> the future, for now. Yeah, and we get outside of <laughs> Right. 
we can go outside. Thinking about like kind of, I guess as we're kind of wrapping the conversation up, um, do you have like a dream collab for you? Like, is there a dream brand that you want to work with? A dream, I don't know, other fellow beauty guru that you want to collab with? Like in terms of, I guess, the future of your career, like, I don't know, what's the, what's the, what's the highlight? What's, what do you want to achieve? Ooh, I mean, I want to collab with, with <laughs> the Black women, non-binary people. Uh, I think I haven't really thought about like who I want to collab with next, but I do think that a Raggedy Royal, you know, nude lip collab would be fantastic. I think that that would be, that would be very, very nice. And, you know, of course, sending it to all my mutuals and PR and it would be everybody's <laughs> collab, but that's probably like on my mind. Yeah, I'm here for it. And I guess like, Looking, or no, you you just answered it, but like, if five years from now, where do you, and, and I, I hate this question, so it, it's tough. I know it's tough to answer, it's okay. but like, if you had to dream of like, in any, if you had any choice of where you'll be five years from now, like, what would be, what would you want to be doing? What would be the same and what would be to hopefully be different? Okay, five years from now, I'll be Good. out of power. <laughs> I'll be out of um, I hope to have a verification bed by now, which seems kind of shallow until like you're trying to build your you page. Need you that. Realize, like that's kind of that's the golden step of approval. Yeah, I hope that you know I continue to educate people not only on makeup but just like human mm-hmm. decency, kindness, that sort of thing. And I hope I have more YouTube videos. I hope I know how to edit by then. God, I hope I know how to edit by then. But yeah, just more meaningful like collabs with things I already love. Like, you know, jewelry collab with all my piercings. That'd be yes. fantastic. Like, I just want to do the things that I love. And, you know, make some money off of them because, you know, we do live we in a society it. where we need <laughs> Capitalism <laughs> out and about. I love that for you. I cannot wait. McKean and I, whenever we have a guest on, we always end and we're just hyping you up. But we want the for best real. for you. We want all the success. <laughs> You know, I know all about it, but we're so happy for you. We're so proud of you. We hope you achieve everything that for you want to achieve. Wow. I'm just, I'm just so proud. It's all coming together. <laughs> so as we bring this entire episode to a close, you know, we like to end our episodes on like a high note, talk about some things that we're loving or that are bringing us joy right now. And I'll go first because it's actually very, very good that you are on this episode because the thing that's bringing me joy right now is after I get out of quarantine, I'm getting my nose pierced. Hey. Oh, period. Hey. Okay. <laughs> I like to hear it. I like, like to hear it. McKean has been talking to me about it. I've been kind of hesitant because I'm like, I don't know. What if it doesn't look good? But now I'm just going to go for it. You know, it's a new day. So that is what's bringing yeah. me joy right now. I'm very excited. Can't wait to get out of quarantine so I can like, leave my room but yeah that's me mm-hmm. who wants to go next yes. okay i'll go next i had to think because it'd be hard <laughs> sometimes <laughs> this is a small one and maybe not that exciting but i had my second day of classes today and i have a class with a i have a french class i've taken french since third grade i think but i've never had a french mm-hmm. class with a black <laughs> professor in my life and never have i ever had a class that didn't focus on france and I just found the perfect course. It's with a black lady. And we're talking oh. about only like Caribbean French speaking countries. So it just feels like 
when I walked walked in, when I signed into the Zoom, <laughs> it felt like a hug. You know what I mean? It was just like, wow, like my people. <laughs> we can speak French too. So that was nice. That's definitely bringing me some joy right now. How about you, Lauren B? <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Um, hmm. I'm really into candles right now. Candles oh, and flowers. Um, I waited for my Jackiana Forever Mood candles mm. to come in. But in the meantime, I've just been buying a whole bunch of different scents. I like to get obsessed with like things for a couple weeks. So right now it's okay. candles. And you go, girl. Yeah. I got three burning right now. Where you be buying the candles from? Everywhere. But I'm learning more <laughs> about black owned candle companies, which I didn't know was its own subsection. But now I got to place some orders tonight. And I'm like, ooh. Do you have like a favorite scent? We scent need to go for. I love like coconut lime scents, like anything mm-hmm. in that that range. But I'm starting to get into aromatherapy. Okay. Oh, so, you know, eucalyptus, Ooh. lavender, all those sorts of things. Yeah, it's been a very fun. Week. Are you? <laughs> you need to get you one of those. Like I've been obsessed with diffusers. It's probably my mom and me, mm-hmm. but like I know everybody has them. But like I love an essential oil in a diffuser. I love me some Florida water in a diffuser. Like, sounds, like Florida stuff, water just sounds great. <laughs> Florida water is like, for real? Like, I used to be like, what is that? Like, especially when Solange was singing about it, I was like, I don't even know what she's mm-hmm. talking about. But then when I finally got some, I was like, I see. So I definitely recommend 10 out of 10, get you some Florida water. <laughs> got you. But I guess, you know, that brings us to the end of our episode. Thank you so much for joining us today. This was such a dope conversation. I feel fed. I had a long day with classes. So I'm so glad this is like how I'm getting to end it. Um, and yeah, like this is just such a pleasure and thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. This is so much fun. Yay. We're so happy to have you. Thank you so much. Everyone go check her out on Instagram at Raggedy Royal on Twitter, on TikTok, <laughs> on YouTube. Anything else you want to plug? I mean, she does it all. So where else, where else can I the people find you? you? I think you got Everything it. I covered it all. Okay. Very, very good. Um, yeah, thank you everyone for tuning in today. Also make sure to tune in to next week's episode where McKean and I will be having a conversation with Naomi Wadler, who is so cool. Um, she's a 13-year-old activist who's known for her speech um, at the March for Our Lives, anti-gun violence. She's so cool. I look up to her so, so much. I'm a huge fan. So we cannot wait to talk to her. And yeah, all about her activism work, the causes she's championing, amplifying your stories and voices everything so so cool so that's it yes and in the meantime before then make sure to keep up with us on instagram at black girl blueprint where you can send us any questions or like discussion topics for future episodes or future read the room segments you can also email us at blackgirlblueprint at gmail.com and finally if you like this episode you know, let us know with a little five stars, a little, you know, subscribe. <laughs> we would appreciate it very, very much. And that's all we got for you. That's Thanks everything. for listening, y'all. Bye. 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 <laughs>Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep, that sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com save. Betterhelp.com save. Got it. This year, love looks a little different. We're still gathering, 
We're just doing it virtually. And we're still connecting. We're just doing it safely. So whether it's lighting candles over FaceTime, family dinner through Zoom, or opening gifts virtually, traditions can keep us close, even when we can't be together. Stay safe, stay connected, think big, and plan small this holiday season. Let's save lives, Columbus.